My brother texted me this this morning. It said, a man was sizing up God, and he asked God, how long is one million years to you? And God said, one million years is like a second. The man then asked, how much is a million dollars to you? And God said, one million is like a penny. The man smiled and said, could you spare a penny? And God smiled back, sure, just give me a second. (laughs) I received a text about a month ago after I preached a message on First Wednesday. I won't share who sent it to my wife and I, but it was a very interesting text. I preached on the power of miracles God can do things even now. On First Wednesday, I preached on the importance of believing that God can do things even when it's impossible. We took it out of John chapter 11, and we shared about how even now, the sister of Lazarus said to Jesus that you can still do a miracle. It doesn't matter how dead the situation is, even now. How many of you know that God can do things even now? Even now, in your life, your marriage, your business, your kids. After the service, I was pulling out of the parking lot and my phone beeps and it was to my wife and I from a young lady in the church. And again, I won't share who it was, but this individual said, I know that God can, but what about when God still doesn't? What about when someone does truly give everything to God and pray and pray and pray and surrenders everything And you know he could, and he still doesn't. It's hard for me when I hear these sermons, the one I preached that night. And I always want to ask in all sincerity, what about people like me who God didn't show up for? When that text came in that night, my heart went out to this individual, and we got on the phone with her because I wanted to talk about this situation And what I'm going to share with you today is what we talked about on that phone call because I do think it's important that we need to talk about when miracles don't happen, when miracles don't happen. Have you ever been there? Have you ever prayed for a healing and it didn't happen? Have you ever prayed for a miracle, for God to involve himself and and to make his presence known and it didn't happen. Did you pray for the promotion? And it didn't happen. Did you pray for the raise? And the miracle didn't happen. Did you stand by the bedside of a spouse and you prayed with all sincerity and they still passed away? What do you do? Truly, when miracles don't happen. You're praying to get pregnant, and it doesn't happen. You're praying that God will open doors, or that God will restore the marriage, or bring the husband home, or fix the situation, and it just doesn't happen. And it's easy to find ourselves living in a place of frustration and questioning. That individual's text was so honest and so sincere, and so real, 
that sometimes in church, we've been trained that you can't ever have a question or you can't ever say why and you can't question God. But even Jesus on the cross said why? In his final moments on earth, under the pressure of the wrath of God and our sin, out came words in the question, in the form of a question mark, aimed toward God. Why? What do you do when miracles don't happen? There's a story in the Bible of a man named David. He was the king of Israel. And the Bible says he sins with a woman named Bathsheba. Um, she was married, he was married, and he got with her and got her pregnant. And as a result, he tried to cover it with the man, her man, and tried all these really interesting schemes to try to say that he was the father. And the Bible is very interesting if you start digging in it. And what happens is he ends up having that man killed, David, man after God's own heart, has this side to him that makes this major, major failure. And the Bible lets us know that Nathan the prophet comes to King David, informs him of his sin, and as a result, David is broken. He repents, and the Bible says the baby falls ill. God informs him through the prophet that the baby is going to die because of this sin. But David, as we'll see in a moment, took his chances, and he just began to pray. For 2 Samuel chapter 12, David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground, and the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. So we have a man in total distress. He is for, the Bible says, for seven days is laying on the ground, not on his phone, not watching Netflix. He is fasting. He's not eating. He's begging God, seeking God to save this baby's Life. Have you ever been there? When you're just seeking God with everything you have, with all sincerity, verse 18, and on the seventh day, the baby lives. No. It says the baby died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For when they said, behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. They're saying he is such bad shape trying to pray that the baby would live that if we tell him the baby has died, David could kill himself. That's what they're saying. Verse 19. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. When David, verse 19, when David. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember when? 
When David heard, when David knew, when David realized that the child was dead, there's something about that stabbing feeling when you know you're at the point of no return. I mean, it's one thing to have faith. Last month, people filled the cards out circling and believing big and asking God to do the supernatural. And I'm all for it. I believe. I'm praying every day. Prayed every day over those cards. But there comes a point when you know at this point, there really is no way. He's died. Bankruptcy's been filed. The baby dies. The pregnancy, the heartbeat can't be found. They're checked into a psych ward. On and on it can go. Do you remember when? Do you remember when, like David, in verse 19, he realized that the miracle didn't happen? And you prayed sincerely, and you asked God with everything inside of you, and it didn't happen. And it's not uncommon to get stuck in a season of struggle and disappointment. And the reality of it is, when you feel like God lets you down and the miracle doesn't take place, two things happen. Number one, disappointment can make us frustrated with ourselves. This is very common. Listen close. Did I not pray enough? Did I not try hard enough? Did I not pray long enough? Did I not go to enough, enough church services? I, I, did, I thought I tithed. I thought I served. I, did I not do enough? Am I not enough? Is there sin in my life? Is God not pleased with me? Come on, is there any real people at church this morning? And to add insult to injury, you see other people getting miracles that you were praying for you to receive, and sometimes it's just hard to swallow that. Can I get an amen? That you're praying for the baby, and everybody else in your small group's getting pregnant, but you can't. You get on Facebook and you see somebody, you're like, how are they going to Disney World twice this year? Come on, somebody, talk real. You know it's the truth. I'll catch myself like how I, her husband works part-time at the grocery store and she's a stay-at-home mom. How y'all doing this? <laughs> yeah, I catch myself thinking like, and, and the enemy can get in our head and make you feel like you're a failure. You're not a good mom, you're not a real woman, you're not a good man, you're this and you're that. And we get frustrated with ourselves when miracles don't come to pass. We were sincere, we spoke to the mountain, we had groups, we were fasting, we got oil, we prayed, we did everything we knew to do. And then verse 19 comes. The second thing that happens, not only are we disappointed with ourselves, disappointment can make us frustrated with God. How could he? I can't believe him. If God was so good, why do things feel so bad? And disappointment has a way of destroying faith. In fact, if I could probably open those doors and invite the people who are mad at God into church today, we couldn't set them in this room. People are frustrated and hurt at God because they felt like at their lowest point, God was not there. Have you ever felt that way? That I prayed and I, at my lowest, I felt like he wasn't there for me. 
This is a sermon for real church people today. This ain't a sermon to impress the people. This, I'm talking to your heart today. I'm trying to go deep, deep in your soul and have the honesty in your heart come out and say, you know what, I've been frustrated a time or two with myself and God. The Bible says when that happens, David does three things. And what's fascinating about it, if you look in the ESV translation, there are three thens. When David hears this, then David does that. Then David does this. Then David does this. Three different thens. So I'm gonna just take some points out of those three thens today, and I want you to take notes. This is a healthy response to when miracles don't happen. Taking it out of the word of God. Verse 20. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. After he had experienced a very difficult win, W-H-E-N, he then gets up from the ground and begins to wash himself. He anoints himself, he changes his clothes, and he goes into the house of the Lord and worships. Here's the first thing we need to do. When we experience moments where miracles don't happen, we need to adjust your perspective. The Bible says that when it hurts, this is what he does. Living with disappointment will oftentimes bring us to a place of having to make a critical decision. I can either let my disappointment in God and my frustration with the situation, it could either make me or it can break me. David gets up and says, I'm not going to allow what's happening to me to define the rest of my life. I may be disappointed, I may be hurt. Listen to me, ain't nobody can do that for you but you. I read the quote years ago, I'm sure many of you have heard it. It says something along the lines that the same hot water that can boil an egg, harden an egg, also softens a potato. I know that's simple, but let Facebook preach right now. Because I saw this on Facebook, I said, glory to God. Hear me. The same hot water that our lives can get in, the difficulty, the frustration, the moments when you don't get your good report you're praying for, you can have a choice. You can let that harden your heart. You can let that harden your faith. You can let that harden your attitude. You can let this harden your marriage, and you can get grumpy, and you can get mean. Come on, church people. I know you're in here. There's some grumpy people in the house of God, and you're making people pay for your frustration. You went through some hot seasons, and things got hard on the inside of you. And the other, other side of it is this. You can allow those hard moments to soften you and say, you know what? I can't change the situation. And say, you know what, God? You're still good even when I feel bad. You're still faithful even when I don't understand. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your, way, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. 
And listen, that's what David did. In his greatest moment of, this is embarrassing for David, in fact, throughout his life, there's one story in the Bible you don't want recorded, is all your sins and all your failures. And David says, listen, I'm a broken man, I'm imperfect, I don't have it all together, take not your spirit from me, are you hearing me? He becomes soft in the situation. Watch what happens in verse uh, 21. Then his servant said to him, what is this thing that you've done? Like, You've had a hard loss here. You've prayed for seven days on the floor of your house, and now it doesn't happen, and now you're gonna praise God? What is this thing? You fasted and you wept, you didn't eat, verse 22. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child will live. He's saying, I went for it, I asked God, I believed him, but now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. In other words, what David is saying, as simple as I can make this, David is saying, I can't change it, so I'm gonna change me. Am I helping you today? I refuse to allow what has happened to me, things that are out of my control, to turn me into someone I should not be. Change your perspective. David was the one that wrote, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in to the house of the Lord. I don't know if he had to remind himself of that the day his baby died and he went to the temple and he knew, you know what, things ain't easy and things don't feel good, but I gotta get into the presence of God because when I praise him, it changes my perspective of where I am. Here's another then, verse 20. He then, he then went to his own house. And when he asked, and when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. The first one, adjust your perspective. And number two, address the place of hurt. Notice what happens. David goes back to the place where the baby should be at the house. He probably had a room painted. Probably had a crib purchased. Probably had rattles and toys and child safety locks. Probably had it all. The Bible says he went back home. I need you to understand something today that when we allow God to do a work in our lives, he gives us the power to face the places that hurt the most. Because following Jesus Following Jesus doesn't mean that we hide pain and neglect pain and cover it up and, and we just say abracadabra in Jesus' name. I don't got no struggles. I'm a Christian. I'm a fire-filled, Holy Ghost-powered Christian of God. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we don't have pain. As Christians, we just know where to take our pain. The Bible says we cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And so I wanna encourage you that though it may be hard in moments of disappointment, God can help you sleep in that bed that your spouse slept in with you for years. And now that you're a widow, you can face it because he's with you. 
Are you with me? You, you, can, you can literally cross by that person at Kroger that caused you so much pain. David went home. You can walk past him and say, no big deal. <laughs> you don't bother me like you used to bother me. You don't stir me up. I'm not mad at you. I'm not bitter. You can do family reunions and not be bitter like you used to be because you can address the place of pain. Here's the next one. Then David comforted his wife. We adjust perspective, we address the place of pain, and thirdly, we assist others. That after David decided, I'm gonna get up, I'm not gonna allow my life to be broken by this situation, I'm disappointed, I'm hurt, but God brought me through this, and the first thing he did was call Bathsheba up and say, hey, baby Bathsheba, He began to comfort her and encourage her. Can I tell you something? God can use your story for his glory. The most inspiring testimonies in, in reality, hear me, the most inspiring testimonies are not always when God does the miracle. And those are great. We thank God for them. But what I have found the most inspiring miracles are those who have suffered deeply and found God to be faithful even in pain. That God has held them and they, 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 they have faith through the problem. I read this quote months ago. If you give it to God, he transforms your test into a testimony, your mess into a message, and your, and your misery into a ministry in a sense. Change that for the next service, by the way. Lindsay, you brought that up to me and I didn't change it. Ministry. God can use you because of what you've been through. And the enemy would never want you to have that kind of confidence. The enemy doesn't want, to, want you to ever have the faith to believe that he can use you and, and work through you. But what I have come to learn that God's light shines best through broken people. And we want to be mended and we want to be whole. We want to have everything together. But hear me today, when God puts his light on the inside of you, it is the cracks and brokenness and hurt and questions that have a way of keeping us and showing the people to God be the glory. I didn't think I was going to live, but to God be the glory. Now let me come down here and talk to you. Can I come down here? Pastor Tyson, I'm ready to close, so let's, let's wrap this baby up. Listen to me. When you hear things like this, it is very easy to be like, you know what? That's a great three-pointer, Pastor Ethan. That means so much. I'm thankful I wrote it down. I'll work through it. But it doesn't take the sting away from the loss, the frustration, that that thing on the inside that bites so deep. It's just, have you ever been there when it's just like, this hurts so much? And a three-point sermon isn't going to help me today. Come on, is there any real people today? I, I, I've been there, I've heard. I, I gave you those points because that's what the Bible said he did, but I need to talk a little deeper to the people. You've seen too much and it's hard to have faith. Are you with me? You've seen too much. You've been disappointed too many times. I, I, I've walked the aisle and, I, and I've buried a baby and I, I, I've been there too much. Listen, in closing, listen close. I'm reminded of a man named Thomas. 
You remember Thomas in the Bible? He was, he was known for being doubtful. Call him doubting Thomas. Who did it? <laughs> Just playing it. Doubting Thomas. Now watch this. After the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus, the scripture lets us know something. That the apostles said, he's alive. And they all meet up. They've all seen Jesus. Guess who didn't see Jesus? Doubting Thomas. And they're all trying to tell him about it. We saw him. We saw Jesus. He's alive and well. And this is what Thomas says back. This is so good. Thomas said, unless I see, unless I see the holes in his hands, and I put my finger in the holes in his hands, and I place my hand in his side, he said, I'll never believe. What, what Thomas is saying, I've seen too much. I saw him dead. I saw them beat him. I saw them pull his beard from his face. I've seen too much, and I'm only going to believe that he's alive when I can put my fingers in his hands, when I can see for myself. Hey, listen, people can be hard on Thomas, but that's real life. Come on, have you ever been there? It's like, I've seen a lot. Preacher, don't get me hyped up. It's one thing to make me shout and make me clap, but let's be real. I've been through some struggle, and I've been through some pain, and if I don't see it for myself, where's the real folks at this morning? If I don't see it for myself. The Bible says eight days later. Oh, this is so good. Eight days later. Thomas and all the disciples and the apostles are all together in the house. And the Bible says, Jesus shows up. Every time, Thomas has a record of always doubting Jesus. But Jesus never doubted Thomas. And watch this, Jesus shows up. He could have been like, yo, everybody else knows I'm alive. He could have just showed himself to Peter and Bartholomew and Matthew and John and because they believed. But when he came in, the scripture says he looks at Thomas and says, put your hand. Show yourself. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been disappointed. He showed up for Thomas. Hear this. It's like Jesus was saying to him, look at my scars. I've been hurt too. I've cried all night too. I've wept too. I've been talked about too. I've been abandoned too. I've had moments I cried, why too? I sweat a drop of blood. I've been under some pressure. And the Bible says, Thomas looks at him and says, my Lord 
am I God? Thomas needed to see his scars to be reminded that even when I'm disappointed, his brokenness still mends me. He became broken for me so that I could be made whole. And watch this. Peter's in the room. And Peter, in his own book, 1 Peter chapter 2, 24, writes this down. By his stripes. Peter saw those stripes heal Thomas in real time. And later on, Thomas begins, or Peter begins to write, I know what those stripes can do. I know what his healing for, for frustrated, broken, confused people that say, I don't even know if it's real. I don't know if it's going to happen. Peter says, just trust me. When you see the stripes, when you remind yourself that his blood was shed on when you remind yourself of his brokenness, you can stand and know that he became broken so that I can become mended. Are you with me? Am I helping you? Am I helping you right there standing up? You've been through some stuff. You've fought some devils. You've had to stand your ground. But don't lose sight of the scars because he got scars on his body so he can fix the scars in your soul. Who am I preaching to? I don't want to be hardened by what hurt me. I don't want to be mad by what, what I'm frustrated about. God has a plan for my life. You can stay standing. Let me wrap this up. Here's, here's two things we got to do. Here's two things. The reason I came down off the stage was to show you that Jesus came down from glory to step down to humanity to talk to us, to feel like we do. The Bible says we have not a high priest which cannot sympathize, which can sympathize with our weaknesses. Hear me, hear me really quickly. I think there's a couple things we need to do. We got to stop feeling guilty over what we can't control. You gotta be done. You can't bring him back. You gotta stop feeling like things are your fault. And number two, you got to stop holding a grudge against God. His ways are higher than our ways. And I can't stand up here and tell you the reason why things happen. No preacher should try. But hear me, this is what I know. God is in control. And even Jesus in the garden said these words. I don't want to drink of this cup. I don't want to drink. This hurts too bad. I don't want to take on rocky sin. I don't want that. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The longer I think about this, Sometimes the goal is not to get your questions answered. But it is getting to a point in your relationship with God where you don't need them. Does that help you? Psalms 42, 11, Why are you cast down, the writer said. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? 
Verse 18, I'm heavy, I'm hurting, I'm broken. God didn't show up. And I prayed. And I was sincere. Well, watch what he says. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. I shall again. I've come to talk to the David in the room. It's time to get off the floor, David. It's time to say, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? I hope in God and I will praise him again. Here is the main point. It's not going to be on the screen, but it's the main point of today. That when it feels like miracles don't happen, you have some options. But what we find in Scripture, when miracles don't happen, you don't run from God. You run to God. Pastor Tyson and the team, I called him last night. I want you to sing this song. And I need you to sit a moment. We're going to transition in just a minute. We're good. It's 10.03 a.m., Sunday, February 4th. You guys good? I want to pray with some people that you feel like David, and you've prayed, and you've wondered, and it genuinely didn't happen. I don't have an answer for you, but I just say this to you today. Not my will be done. Get glory from my story. All things work together for the good. You hold on to faith. Because like David says, I can't bring him back. But I'll go where he is. In other words, the Bible says we know in part. But there will be a day that we stand before God and every question mark we had on earth will be answered. But while we're here, David, it's time to get up. It's time to change your perspective. It's time to not be afraid to go home. It's it's time to help other people. So with eyes closed all over this room, if you say, I've been fighting with this, it may only be a couple of you. I've been fighting with this moment and wrestling in my own heart about this. God, I, I need to just come clean. I've been mad at myself and I've been mad at God. If that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand to heaven. Be honest, right where you are. Thank you. Hands all over this room right now. All, I see people wiping tears. I wasn't going to preach this today, but Saturday morning I felt a shift and was going to preach this. I believe God knew you was going to be here. God knew he was going to be here. I'm going to ask every person, if you're bold, and that's okay if you can't do it, if you're not comfortable, but every person that raised your hand, and everybody can open their eyes, I want to ask you to come. Just come to the front. I want to pray with you today. Don't be nervous. Don't, what are people going to think? You know, we spend so much time worried about what people think. Can I tell you something? They're not thinking about you as much because they're thinking about them. Go ahead. Come, they're coming all the way from the back. Come on, Come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Come on, David. Come on, frustrated people. I've had a moment, and I've wondered, and I've had doubts, and I've had questions. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Because you got a lion inside of those lungs. Just get up and praise the Lord.
come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy of me. Come on, I can't tell you why it didn't happen. But I can tell you God's still good. And God's still God. And God's still faithful. And he's going to hold you. I don't know why your parents didn't stay together. I don't know, but I can tell you this. All things work together for the good. All things work. Come on, David. Let's raise our hands to heaven. All over this room. for me, David. Today you get up. Today you just stand strong. Today the enemy never thought you'd be here, but today in the name of Jesus, I pray freedom over you, and God has bottled every tear. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This sister right here, the tears running down your cheek. I just pray blessing on you that every step that's been hard, every place you weren't sure if God was going to be there and lead you, but he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's held your hand through it, and you're still here today because of his greatness and his goodness, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world who always causes you to triumph. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your soul. Come on, all over this room. Got a lion of those In the name of Jesus. Get up praise the Lord. Mm, Jesus. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy now. In the name of Jesus. Every fractured place. Every broken spot. 
I pray fill it with healing oil that she can stand and you use her and use her. There's people waiting on you to speak. They're waiting on you. And all he's waiting on you to say, this is what happened to me. And they will be redeemed by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the king all over this room. One more time.
come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up come on all over the room one more time hallelujah Jesus oh come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up your soul you got a line in you I'm going to do something. I can't even believe I'm going to do this. I can't believe. Listen, when I say, I can't believe I'm going to do it. I'm almost scared to ask this question. And I, if it's one, I could be off. Oof. I sensed in my heart two or three times, there's somebody in here that says, I wish I got baptized. You want to get baptized? I'll baptize you right now. Somebody help me. Just take her around, take her around. Okay. Oh my. Well, you got rain boots on. Go ahead. I need somebody. You may have to get in. We're kind of throwing things off a little. Is that all right? I sense in my heart there's some people you coming to. All right, all right. You coming to? All right, all right. Security is freaking out right now. This is revival. But when I was sitting here, saying, you know what? I can't believe we're doing this. This is such a racket right now. Take your phones out, please. Please, we got some towels. Figure it out. You got towels? We won't get into we got towels, please. We'll dismiss in just a few moments. I've never done this before. Have you ever seen this before? You wanna get baptized? Well, come on. You coming up? This is the only way. We, we don't have stairs no more. I've never done this. Take out your phones, please. Let's not have to have a resurrection shocking people come on God's on the move come on my soul oh, don't you get shy on me lift up your soul come on cause you, you get got in. a lion inside of those thoughts get up and praise the Lord oh we say and oh come on my soul oh don't you get Come on in. Come on in. You ready? What's your name? Chelsea. Che Chelsea Michael. How long have you been coming to the church? baptize Chelsea now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Have you guys ever seen this before? All right, just talking to this. Uh, what's your name? Amari Weber. Amari Weber. What made you get baptized today? Actually, let's do this. Let's do. This. You help me out. You do this. been baptized before, but I feel like when I first got baptized, it wasn't like me personally getting baptized. It was like everybody else was getting it, so why not get baptized too? But like, coming to church, I'm, I'm with the God now. I'm actually with Him for myself, and not just these, this person that people are telling me. I'm feeling Him on my own. So, I feel like this is my declaration that I feel Him myself. I don't feel Him for what my mom told me or my dad told me. I feel Him on my own. So, this is me knowing Him that I feel Him. That's right. You ready? Father, we baptize her now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, don't you get shout me, lift up your soul. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Let me say this. Let me say this. This is totally impromptu. I didn't expect to do this. We do have another service coming in. Now, I will say, if you want to go, you're free to go. You can give on your way out. We thank God for you. But if you want to stay and celebrate the goodness of God, second service may just have to join us because we're in revival. All right. Tell everybody your name and why you're getting baptized. Todd Derby, in obedience to the scripture and the power of God through your voice, through your words. I'm also getting baptized because the Lord says when you acknowledge him publicly, Come on. He will acknowledge you, brother. Come on. So when I go to glory, my brother, I'm going to say, that's my son. That's my son. That's my son. Yes, sir. That's why I'm here in obedience to the scripture by the power of God's words through your voice. Are you ready? I'm ready, brother. I've been ready. Father, we baptize him now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> These people are driving home wet today. Yeah, you too, Pastor Tommy. All right, what's your name and why are you getting baptized? Sarah. Sarah Wade. Why are you getting baptized today? She wants to preach. Give me that mic. I'm, um, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I've been coming the last couple weeks, and uh, I, I was baptized when I was younger, and I've been feeling that pull. And like you said earlier, you can't run from it. <laughs> you are a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Today, this is just a symbol of what God is beginning to do in your life. Are you ready? We baptize her now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Why are you getting, what's your name and why are you getting baptized? I'm Savannah. Um, she got baptized last week. Yeah. She did. Um, I was baptized when I was younger, um, when I first gave my life to Christ, but I feel like I've gotten far away and I prayed for the miracle and it didn't happen. So I want to trust him with it. You ready? 
We baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy me. Lift up your song. Why are you getting baptized today? What's your name? Um, my name is Malia. Um, my dad took his life a few months ago, so I can't keep doing this on my own. That's it. <laughs> I'm so You're her husband. Your dad took his life a few months ago. God brought you here today for a reason. He's not forgotten about you. And David who we preach about, he's the one that said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't stay in it. He passed through it. And then he says, thou art with me. He'll never leave you. He bottles every tear. And today I just pray over you with your church family here. Believe the best is yet to come. And you can't do this alone. And you're in the right place at the right time. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy. Come on, church. Lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Right. What's your name and why are you get baptized? I'm Laura Beth. Shoals, Alabama, and I always have felt like I needed to make a more public offering. And today, your message spoke to me. I've walked with God most of my life, and He's. There have been things I've prayed for that haven't worked out as miraculously as I thought they should have, but they are. And and He's still here. And I just He spoke to me today, and praise so I God. wanted to make it public. Well, praise God. You live in Alabama still? No, I'm here. You in Who? Oh, yes, the ballet lady, of course. <laughs> of course, you've talked to me a hundred times. I apologize. You ready, ballet lady? Yeah. All right, Father, we thank you for this declaration of faith to go public again, to tell the devil you don't have me and tell heaven you got me, all of me. We baptize her now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you Woo. get shy on me. Lift up your soul. your name why you get baptized Mary. Uh, together you two wonderful yes. I was baptized as a child of Episcopalian grew up in churches that weren't spirit I started attending here about a year ago and uh, the spirit's been homing and I gave up 25 years of alcoholism <laughs> Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You ready? Father, we baptize Duke, right? Now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. There you go. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. 
scripture that says trials will come but I have overcome the world and greater is he that is in you you know that country song uh, by Rascal Flatts God bless the broken road that led me straight to you yeah God bless brother Rascal today because <laughs> I got a word for you the road may have been broken but he led it, it led it straight to him all things work together for the good. You ready? Father, we baptize her now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy me. Lift up your song. Because you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Look what blows my mind. Look at There's most services... You guys start bailing before my third point. And you guys are hanging in there. You know that's God. God is on the move. And the risers are still here. <laughs> okay. Giovanna, why are you getting baptized today? Um, I've been baptized for my third time. First time I was really young. Felt like I was made to do this. That's what we do. And the second time I got baptized with my oldest daughter because she wanted to. So I felt like I didn't want to leave her out. Right. Um, I have a rough years, and I felt like God was telling me to get baptized. Um, didn't really feel like I should, I'm already getting baptized. Um, weekend, came to church, got a ride because my car's not working again, and felt like I still needed to get baptized. I still would not have until Lena walked past, and she stopped, and she didn't even stop for me. My wife. She doesn't walk that way. She walks another way to get to the back, but she walked, and they were trying to usher her in, and she didn't go. She just stopped, and she just praised, and I felt like she recently prayed for me, and she didn't stop for me. She didn't stop for me. She just stopped and prayed and raised her hands, and I just felt like, Lord, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else I can surrender. I don't know what else. I have nothing else to give. This nothing else to give. That's the best place you can be in. In the scripture, the Bible says that the woman who, who had no husband, and she had these kids, and, and she didn't know what to do. And she went to the prophet. The prophet, the prophet said, what do you got in your house? She's got, got a little oil. He goes, go borrow as many vessels as you can. Start pouring that oil in it. And the Bible says as long as the vessels were empty, the oil kept flowing. What God is looking for, I feel prophetic, what God is looking for in the church and in you are empty vessels. The oil doesn't flow when we're full, when we are just occupied and distracted. But you are standing here saying, I'm an empty vessel. Pour your blessing in me. Pour your favor in me. Pour your blessings and your, and your love in me. Are you ready? Giovanna, this is your day. Father, we thank you for her. We baptize her now in the name of the Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, family. don't you get shy on me. Lift up your So, what is, what is your name? Catherine. And how old are you? Nine years old. Nine years old. Well, I'm glad you're getting baptized today. I talked to your dad, Michael, and your mom, Leslie, and they are great people. What an amazing thing for your mom and dad to be bringing you up to be baptized today. What made you want to get baptized today? Oh my Lord, girl, there's something on you, something on you, something in you, something around you. You ready? Remind me of your name again. Catherine. Catherine. Father, we baptize her now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shout me. Lift up your soul. What's your name? Jacob. Michael Jacob. Your kids are so confident when they speak. How old are you, Michael Jacob? Six. Six. To God be the glory. Why are you getting baptized today? I just feel like I need to open my heart up to God. I'm just, I don't like it when the world has to walk all over me. <laughs> Woo! The Bible says a child should lead them. Out of the mouth of babes. Is there anybody just thankful what God is doing in the next generation? Are you ready, Michael? Or what was it again? Michael Jacob. Michael Jacob. Are you ready, Michael Jacob? All right, plug your nose. Father, we baptize Michael Jacob today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I pray that this day, as he shakes right now, will mark him every day of his life use him greatly and we baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ come on oh yeah yeah come on let's sing it all over the room you got a lion inside of those lungs are you ready get up and alright tell everybody your name why you're getting baptized my name is Leslie Colson I always stay away from that middle name because that middle name is who I used to be. It was the girl that was abused. It was the girl that was abandoned when she was a baby. But God. But God's been with me this whole time. But God. And he's never left me. And when I had that little girl, he told me to take care of her. And I have fought every single day every single day against Satan. And for that little boy too, I lost three babies before I had that little boy. Every day I have fought. And that's why I wear this. Greater, greater is he, he that is in Greater yep. is he, I say it every single day. I am here and I am ready. Take me. Take me, Lord. Use me and use my children and use my husband. Yeah. Let your will be done, Lord. Your will be I'm done. You ready? 
We baptize you, Leslie, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shout me. Lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. All right, you ready? What's your name? Olivia. Olivia Deslat. How old are you, Olivia? 22. Are you married? No, sir. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Why are you getting baptized? I've experienced a lot of life-changing growth over this last year. And God's been stirring my heart these last couple of weeks. So I think it's time to get baptized. I love it. I love it. This is it. Beginning of a new day. Beginning of a new chapter. Old things, just flip the page today. And walk out of here confident, knowing that God's got your back and the best is yet to come. You believe that? Olivia? Father, we baptize Olivia now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Oh, don't you get shout me, lift up your song. Cause you got a light inside of those lungs. You're the last one. Get up and praise the Lord. You're the last one, but the Bible says the last shall be first. You may have even felt last in life sometimes. You may have even felt like you were behind everybody else and nobody saw you and nobody noticed you. You are last in that line for a reason. To let you know that he's got his hand on you and your best days are still to come. What's your name? Uh, Rebecca Oldham. I'm sorry? Rebecca. Rebecca. Oldham. Why are you getting baptized today? Um, well, uh, I was baptized whenever I was eight years old. I moved down here about three years ago to coach softball at the W. And my girls on the team worked on me to come to Vibrant. Yeah. And then um, this past year, I had a really hard time. And then back in September, my mom moved up, helped me reaffirm my relationship with God. And the girls invited me around that time, too. And so I started coming and just heard God ever since. So I just want to reaffirm. So good. Are you ready? Rebecca? Father? We baptize Rebecca now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, come on my one last soul. Time. Let's worship oh, the King. Don't you get shout me, lift up your song. Come on, cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, come on. And oh, Blessing on this day. 
We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we tell you today, thank you for life change. Thank you for miracles. Thank you that you have held us and strengthened us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we won't be hard-boiled eggs. We're going to be a soft potato in the presence of God. In Jesus' name, this church said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.